Blog Talk Radio. For the Bobby Eaton Show, yeah. giving you information you'll want to know, speaking on issues affecting us all, and music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello world, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, or wherever you're at on the globe. Hey, and welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way, and I don't know no other way to do it, but tell it our way. You can dial at number 646-716-5525, tell a family member, tell a friend, and boy, do we have a great show today, you know, and we're going to be, got a lot of people in here today, so we got one voice of literacy, and tomorrow. Tamara Henderson is right going to be in the house and she's going to have a lot of guests and stuff about their upcoming event. So we're going to be doing, you know, I can stump on say whatever right here. It don't matter. You, we just, you know, we not formal. We don't do nothing. Take your shoes off, kick, kick it back, you know, so we're going to be doing that. Meanwhile, uh, let me see what I got right here. UPS came by here and uh, they got jobs y'all here in Tulsa. They got jobs for a package handler. You know, um, it's a seasonal position, but uh, you can, um, let's see, go to UPS.com or you can go to 5805 South uh, 118th East Avenue and apply for a package handler job, weekly pay, pay, weekly schedule, multiple shifts, you know, so like that. And also jobs. See, that's what we need. We need jobs. Need to go to work. Guys, black men, get up, go to work. You know what I mean? Personal vehicle driver. Brown Friday. That's what it says. November the 1st. Seasonal position. Same place. 5805 South 118th East Avenue. UPS. So you know they're paying some bucks. You know what I mean? So y'all better get up and go get these get these jobs. Y'all know y'all need some food. You know what I mean? So a driver helper. It's Brown Friday, November 1st. 5805 South 118th East Avenue, or you can go online, uh, visit uh, upsjobs.com. And, hey, that's what we need. We need more jobs. So that's what's going on here in Tulsa. And if you need to inquire about that, you can reach us here at area code 832-443-9499. Again, that number is 832-443-9499. Now, let me tell you what's going on with the Juice Radio Show. People are always asking, what is a Juice Radio Show? Those who don't know, young people from Booger T, McLean, Central, Rogers, they come in here every Thursday night, and they do radio their way. Young people, it's around young people radio broadcast. So, I mean, I got about 12 of them. So what's getting ready to happen, y'all, we, we've been planning this trip for some time now. Uh, we're going to Atlanta coming Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. And uh, as we're, everything's set in stone, we're already ready to go. All we just need to do is get there. So we're going to visit CNN News. We're doing a tour of CNN. So we're going to go there, TV One, where we're visiting the Ricky Smiley Show and Tom Joyner and all of that. Uh, we're going to the Martin Luther King Center. We're going to visit that, and we're going to go to Tyler Perry's new place. You know, so we, we got all of this stuff already 
uh, locked in and we got it. Ain't no just drive up and they don't know who we are, but they know we coming. So we got to get there. We're going to stay at a big old house. We got a big, beautiful home that we're going to stay in there, Airbnb. And uh, we're going to have some fun for these 12 young people that are from Tulsa, Oklahoma, home of Black Wall Street. And it's my pleasure to be able to do this for these young people. We're taking donations, too. we got a donation bucket sitting up in here in the house. for the, So, you know, right now for snacks and, <laughs> you know, other stuff like that. So, hey, y'all come on and bless the bucket, you know. So And so that's just part of the stuff we're doing. Next year we're talking about going to the breakfast club. So we're working on that right now. So that's what I do for our youth. And this is a community radio broadcast. It's for the community. Doors always open. I give a voice to the voiceless. You know, people who normally don't get a chance to advertise or talk about their business or talk about their situations even. You know, so we do that over here at Eaton Media Services located at 1533 North Norfolk here in the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, so that's what we do. So, um if you'd like to help or be a volunteer or get connected with someone, an organization, a mentoring program, you know, I'm always telling y'all, look here now, y'all listen to me. Just hear what I got to say. You may not agree, but volunteer. Volunteer for something. Even if you take a couple of hours out of the week, go to Miss Johnson. She's 86 years old. Guys, cut a grass for her. Go in, wash some dishes, clean up or something, or volunteer, or mentor a young single parent mom's child who don't have a, a male in a home or something. You got to get out there and do these things. Now, it ain't going to kill you. It ain't going to kill you at all. It's just a matter of spending just a little time to do these things that, you know, people did for us, you know, because it takes a village to raise a child. So, want you guys to get involved, especially the guys, because the women doing everything. So, you know, these days. And so, y'all got brothers. We got to step up, you know, and, and do some positive stuff, you know. So if you're going to lay down with them, you, hey, better come on and get real. You know, it takes two to make things happen. So to be responsible, you know, because we got a generation that's growing up. Uh, some of them is, now see, a lot of times young people get a bad rap, but there's a lot of good young people out here. A lot of good young people out here. You know, everybody ain't no thug and ain't no thought and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, so you got a lot of good people out here. So, but all they need is just a little guidance and a little, you know, love and care. So we're going to come back, uh, man, we're going to, it's going to be so good here today because we got a lot of people in the studio with a lot of stuff to say, you know, and where's my notes at? Let me look around here. You know, my, my co-host ain't here today, so I got, she working me overtime. Sansa Ray. One Voice of Literacy is here, and we're going to be talking about the upcoming event um, that's, that uh, we're going to be doing right here. It's going to happen at the 36th Street Event Center, and tomorrow is going to be talking about that. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Dial the number 646-716-5525, and don't forget to press the one button. Tell your mama, tell your pa. Gonna send you back to Arkansas. All right. We'll be right back. So stick around on the Bobby Eaton Show.
show where we tell our stories our way and boy we okay and uh we got a good show going on today tamora henderson how we how are we doing i'm doing fine mr bobby eden how are you i'm doing great you know me and me and you be in the same circles same it seems like wherever i go i see you right right well first of all tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and where you went to school and all that kind of stuff and we're going to come on up to date all right. Well, I am Tamora Henderson. I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Woo, woo, woo. East St. Louis, as a matter of fact. Oh, okay. Come on with it. <laughs> but my roots are here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I've been here for a very long time, off and on. So shout out to Oklahoma. This is my second home. I won't never call it my first home. No bad. Yeah, I, I but, no bashing. This is global. Right. This, global <laughs> this global internet. So, hey. And um, I have a company called um, Tenacious Expressions. I do a lot of event planning, events such as this event that we're doing here, this fashion show, uh, media programs, flyers, anything that you can actually um, Mm -hmm. want. That's what I actually do. Mm -hmm. You do things out at the event center, right? I do things. 36 event center, right? I do things. I'm the director, actually, Mm -hmm. at the 36th Street North event center. It's called the 36th Street North North event center, Center, so Mm -hmm. you won't get that confused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're direct out there. We do many great things. I know. I've been been on a few functions out over there, So, and I know Charles and Damali and Pastor Cooper and Mm -hmm. the whole staff, or the great staff, love those 
uh, guys to death. So yes, they yeah. are. That's an awesome crew to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I love working out at the 36th Street North Bend Center. Uh, we busy, y'all. Come out there and and, and get your yeah, spot because we booking busy. up fast. Busy, busy, be. All right, we got a panel of people right here in the mm-hmm. studio. I mean, it's a large group. You want to go ahead and introduce some of them? Yes, I'm going to introduce Miss Nisi. Oh yeah, Miss <laughs> Miss Nisi don't need no introduction. <laughs> She's been around so long. She was over here at one time as a co-host of mine at one time. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's where Cajun Chaos comes Cajun from. Cajun Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. She is the girl for the model. Yeah. She's going to be um, helping our models. She taught them how to walk, and I was just admiring what she was doing. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go home and practice. This is what Miss <laughs> Nisi said. She got them whipped up. Yeah. And then we have my co-host here, Miss Crystal Ipokoya. Hello, hello. Hello, Miss Crystal. <laughs> awesome, awesome lady to work with. She's taught me many things. And we also have Myla, which is one of our performers. Hey, Myla. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, Myla? Myla, Louisiana. Okay. Hey, if y'all want to hear some amazing vocals, you got to come out and hear him sing. Okay. He's an amazing singer. Right. We have Miss Misty. Miss Misty. Hey, Hello, Missy. Missy. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Okay, welcome to the show. Thank you. And go ahead. Right. And then we have Miss Starla. Who are you with, Misty? Let's sit. Let's do on that okay. first. I am Missy J with Safari Fashions by Missy J. Mm-hmm. Um, out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, great. And then we have Miss Starla, the poet. Miss Starla. <laughs> I'll actually be representing um, through the fashion show our nonprofit for our youth, One Voice Literacy, and we are so happy for the second year to be participating in this. You're actually co sponsoring, okay. and it's so amazing that you said the Juice Radio Show. Because Kalani just let me know that I just wanted Josh's program. Yeah. He is our one of our one voice poets and performed yeah. last year at the fashion show. Okay. With Kalani. Yeah. So small uh, world. Ah, uh, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, awesome young man. Very Yeah, talented. Josh is down at Jackson State University. We got yeah. three we got three juice members down there right wow. now. Wow. We got them in the Jackson State University. Okay. So they're all down off in there. That's good. Good, good people doing good things. Okay, One Voice Literacy. Tell us a little bit about One Voice and how did it get started? Uh, well, honestly, it got started in my living room. <laughs> okay. When we lived in public housing, my three older children, all, you know, hornets, mm-hmm. just kept bringing their friends over. Mm-hmm. And just in our living room, it just grew. And they started having like jam sessions with music with my husband and then writing poetry. And then we started tutoring. And then both of us got jobs at the rec centers, Girl Scouts, and things like that. And the more and more that we came in contact with these kids, we found out that their story of why they were so much at our house was all the abuse that they either had witnessed or the shooting or the trauma and tragedy. And it just grew from there like a safe haven. And then we moved it from our living room to the public housing rec centers mm-hmm. and Somewhere along the way, God just blessed us with one voice. Um, we've been going strong since 2000. We, we officially became a nonprofit in 2009, and we work with youth between the age of 12 and 21, and we teach them to overcome what we call impact trauma through liter- liber- liberal arts, um, producing, singing, writing, poetry, theater, and they give back because they don't get paid for their shows. They choose the organization they want the money they raise to go to. And in that, they are making control of their own destiny. They're giving back in their way and sharing their talents. 
it lets them know that you are not what you go through. You don't. Um, one of the greatest gifts that was given to me last last year um, was one of Mr. Crutcher's daughters approached me, mm-hmm. and she said that she'd heard me speak about how you are not the product of the circumstance you came from. And she said, for the longest, all she's been known as is the daughter of Terrence Crutcher. Mm-hmm. And that after leaving that, she went home and she wrote over and over and over in the journal, I have a name. Mm-hmm. And she just recently shared with us that um, she's not ready for everyone to hear it, but she did email me recently with her poem and she wrote a poem about it called I Have a Name. So I told her when she's ready, we will definitely publish that. But from all this, the kids created a secondary suitcase for souls. And um, it, it started out just food baskets for women and kids who were going through domestic violence. And me being, you know, in that situation, that was what was near and dear to my heart. And since then, we now, uh, to date, are up to 734 family members that we have assisted. And we're only on our sixth year. That's good. Awesome. That's good. Right. Oh, yeah. And we run it under. Yes. Yes. So we actually get them out of Tulsa, mm-hmm. men, women, and children. And, and that's I'm great. so blessed to be part of that. And that's why this fashion show was so important for us to participate in. Because we preach break the silence. Find mm-hmm. your voice. Mm-hmm. The fashion show is unmask it. It's ugly to look at. Take your mask off. Find the beauty after. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a great thing. That's a great. Continue to do that. Much success to you. Thank you. You know, in your company and stuff. You're doing great work. And that's what it's all about is doing the work. Yes. You know, that's needed work. You know, so. Tomorrow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tell everybody a little bit about this event that you got going on right here. Okay. Well, the event is called The Mess of Islands is Scary. Um, a, ma- a fashion show. I survive unmasking the pain. And actually, Kristen, if Fakoya and myself, we kind of got together and brainstormed because I'm a survivor of um, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, just a baby that we had, you know, that never gave birth to. Domestic violence? Yes. Well, who would want to put their hands on you? I, no, Plenty yeah. of people, I guess. I, I don't okay. know. Maybe okay. I just have that type of face <laughs> or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You just want to go, Pow! you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, subside the head. I know, right? <laughs> That's crazy. But it's huh? no longer like that anymore. I've grown up. That was in my 20s. I'm in my 40s. So I'm, I've grown up and realized, hey, that's not the route to go. Um, I didn't talk about it for a long time. It's kind of, I guess you don't want to call it like your little dark secret or you don't want anybody to know what you're going through. But, you know, like Starler said, said, your voice. Mm-hmm. Is, is the most powerful tool that you can have to help somebody because there may be someone else that is secretly living in this situation. That's what this fashion show is about. We want to be able to let you know your voice is powerful. Your voice can get you out of the situation that you're in right now and help even your children. We don't realize that when we're in those situations, how much of an impact it have on our children. Mm-hmm. Um, but it do impact them in their ways. You know, some some young boys grow up themselves to be abusers because that's what they've seen. Mm-hmm, some true. young girls grow up accepting the abuse because that's what they witnessed. You know, mm-hmm. so we just want to break that cycle, especially in, in the communities where it's it's not mostly talked about. Mm-hmm. So that's why we uh, put together, Krista, for Corey and myself, got together, brainstormed. Her company is, wow, mm-hmm. uh, women helping other women out. 
and wow. that's what we're doing, helping other women out to say you can. And you know, and there's men as well. I, I just can't say that this is something that women experience. It's also something that some men experience as well. So we want to let them know that it's okay to speak out as a man. You don't have to be ashamed to say, hey, this is what's going on, and I need help. Most men don't. But that's what this is about, bringing awareness um, that domestic violence is scary, it's real, that you do have people that have lost their lives and then people that have survived. And we want to let them be there for support, let them know of the um, programs that are available. Because some people just, you know, it says you perish for the lack of knowledge. We want to be able to provide that resource for them to know, hey, we got your back. We, we're here in the community to say, if you need help, if you don't know where to turn, if you don't know where to go, we, we can actually help. And we mm-hmm. have people there that will actually be able to give help that day. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. So you guys kind of got together. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you put on putting on this event. Mm-hmm. Proceeds are going to. Oh, that's wow. that. They are going towards Wow Women Helping Other Women. Women Helping Okay. As well as Suitcase for Souls, um, mm-hmm. their underground uh, domestic violence center as well. Um, as far as with Wow, Wow has been around for several years. We became five hundred one. How long? Well, I started Wow in two thousand five. It started out as just a program through, I was going to school at University of Phoenix and I needed a a subject to follow. And I was like, well, I could start a nonprofit. And I wrote all of my assignments on it. And by 2008, I was like, you know what? I really could do this. So I launched it. And from here to now, we've grown. We have over 900 people that follow us on our um, in our group and on our newsletter and over 10,000 likes on Facebook. Okay, great, great. Are you a victim of domestic violence? I am a victim of domestic violence. She's a survivor. Uh, She's a survivor. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> a I've unmasked that pain and oh. I've went through it and it was tragic. Actually, in 2013, when I got back from Dallas, um, I lived in a domestic violence shelter right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I can't talk about where it is, but um, they have secret locations here through DVIS, and I went through their program, and it was a short time. I ended up returning to the person that um, violated me. You went back? I went back. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is not having a support system, mm-hmm. not feeling loved, not feeling that people care and the embarrassment of knowing my marriage or my relationship is about to fail and everybody is watching. Um, One of the stats right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, this was written in 2018 on an average Oklahomans die every five days as a result of domestic violence. And the unfortunate part is I was in a situation where I became bold and I wanted to fight back But I had called the police so many times that they told me, if you call again, you're going to go to jail. Wow. Because you are putting yourself and your children in harm's way. And so the last time that we got into a fight, I was ready to kill him. I actually stabbed him. And when I stabbed him, it was only in his arm, but it could have been way worse. Um, And he was, it was three o'clock in the morning and I'll never forget it. He was like, I'm bleeding. And at that moment, I saw my life flash before mm-hmm. my eyes. I was like, I could have killed him. Mm-hmm. He didn't hit you no more, did he? <laughs> Not after that, he, he did not. <laughs> that was it. Um, but I realized at that point where that I was putting myself at risk because 
if I fight him and I defend myself and I kill him, who's to say right. that I'm not going to go to prison because of how I killed him? Right. Because that happens, especially in our community. Mm-hmm. Fighting for yourself, it could be hard. And I was like, I don't even want to be away from my children a day behind him. So it became, at that point, it became real. I need to walk away. I need to walk away not only for myself, but for my children. Exactly. And for the rest of my family and to show women you know, I have a whole organization talking about women being bold and strong. I got to be strong myself and I have to learn to walk away. I have to be single. I have to go through that. And that's where I am right now. And I've been single ever since. That's mm. why breaking mm-hmm. cycle classes are so important. Exactly. People aren't aware of them. Get closer so to that, Mike. Tell her to get closer to the mic. That's why it's so important that people understand that there are some of the programs are like as simple as break the cycle classes, which is one of the things that we teach. But it's really important that our that our listeners hear the statement that she made about she had to think about, you know, her future, her life, and what's right. going to happen if she puts hands. Um, statistically, a woman will return seven times mm-hmm. before her finalization. And finalization means that she either fight or, fight or flight. And of the women that strike back, 27% nationally. That seems like a really, really small number, but it's not. 27% are men that have fought back in a domestic violence situation. So that makes the other of that number all women. But the statistics, when you think of that large number of women, less than 3% of them don't go to jail for it. Mm-hmm. On average, a woman 97% of the time will be incarcerated for fighting back in a domestic violence situation. And a black woman is 83% more likely to serve a sentence higher than 10 years. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma alone, when we worked here in the prison system, so worked in the women's prison for a long time, 13% of the women right now are in there because of domestic violence situations. That's a big 1% number, huh? is men. 30% is a huge number mm. for it being what that is. I appreciate outlets um, that are coming up because when we, when I was in my 20s, I, I literally didn't know what to do. I turned to the church and the advice that they gave me, I was like, oh, they want me to kill them, you know? <laughs> and so when you don't have an outlet, you become trapped in I that went back situation. To my first husband, the final time I went back was because I finally opened up, broke the shame, went to the pastor, and the pastor looked at me and said, you need to be stronger and find out why you're not being a better wife. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. After violence. And I hear sure that after violence. so much. They're like, fix the man. The church will offer. It's always about um, more of a examining yourself type thing when you go to the church because these things are, you're supposed to be a woman of God and, uh, you know, and things of this nature. So the mm-hmm. church will put it and make you re-examine who you are instead of trying to help you with some type of resources or that or tell you to pray about it and go on, you know. So it's really not a whole lot of, um, not a lot of help sometimes when it comes to the church in these instances. Now I can say over the last few years, I can say it has gotten better in Mm -hmm. certain instances, but before it never was a thing that way Um, because the men are the head, you know, so the women have to be doing something wrong in order for these things to be happening to them. Or if you're an interracial, like an interracial, twice as much. Well, that's just what you should have expected. Right. Mm. 
There's no yeah. reason for any time for a man to put his hands on a woman. Not I don't. I don't. Uh, all women put her hands on a man. Exactly. You know. So, so there, there's no reason whatsoever for that to happen, no matter what. Because you can always walk away. Right. You can just always get up and leave, and you know that's it. I I've seen domestic violence before coming up as a kid, because during a time when uh, a lot of men put their hands on women mm-hmm. when I was coming up, you know, and um, they couldn't call the police or none of that kind of stuff. You know, back then, no 911 calls, and it just happened, you know, and it was always um, the women stayed there. Mm-hmm. They never did leave, you know, because they felt like it was something they were doing mm-hmm. that was incorrect. You know, women were getting slapped and beat around because they didn't have a dinner cooked. Mm-hmm. You know, just something as simple simple as that, you know, or they didn't have a certain food on the table, you know, getting slapped around and because they looked at another another guy mm-hmm. just visually, mm-hmm. you right. know, and uh But Mr. Eden is also with those words. They might well, not always uh, hit you with your hand. Yeah, it's the words, words the words hurt That's worse than the physical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Words, words. Words actually last longer. That is oh, yeah, actually sure. what actually creates the cycle. Mm-hmm. The words will be the what creates the cycle um, for repetition. So mm-hmm. the children are actually who receive the you know the blunt of that. They're actually watching these things happen to their mom or to their dad, whichever way it may be. Mm-hmm. In my case, it was you know it's a mom thing. So then, like Tamara said earlier, now you have taken that on and. For the Bible, you know, readers, it's train up a child in the way they should go, right? And they won't depart from it. So no matter whether it's good or bad, you're still training these children. Yeah, you're conditioning children. It's still a, yeah, it's still a training. It's still a conditioning. It's still a programming, whether it's good or bad. So if they hear these, you're no good, you're no this, you're no that, um, these kids soak this up. You, you know what I'm be- saying? You start believing it. And then, well, it, yeah, right. So not only am I watching, in my case, I'll put it that way, growing up, So it became a cycle for me because of what I saw. My mom, we, me being biracial, everyone knows it. Those that don't know, my mom is white, dad's black. So it became one of those type things. Um, Dad used to hit on mama all the time and we watched these things. And then it comes from mom down to us. So Bobby, you've heard me tell the story before, you know, being in here about me being told that mixed kids ain't shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what was told to us. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and it was that, that's what it was. Only kids that were worth anything were kids that were either all black or all white. If you were mixed, then you were the stupidest. You were, you know, this. So you can only hear certain things so many times before you start to believe them. And that's where the cycle begins getting created. So now they're taking that and these things are ingested and absorbed. So now when they're grown, the self-esteem issue comes in. Now, that is where another part of the cycle is. People who are offenders as well as victims, it is a self-esteem type of thing. And some type of, for a majority of the times, it's a self-esteem type of thing. So if I'm constantly being told that I'm less than, you don't feel less than. I'm going to feel less than. So I'm going to grow up thinking that I am less deserving Mm -hmm. of something Mm -hmm. more proper and something better. The young men who grow up in these situations, it's a self-esteem thing for them too. So they actually, actually go out and pick 
find females whose self-esteem is just a little bit less than theirs is because it makes them feel some type of validation it in that point. Them of the person that they right. loved or cared about. Who they felt was someone right. they looked up to. Mm-hmm. And Mylan, what about, don't you have something to say about that? Well, um, you know, domestic violence hits home for me because I grew up around it. Um, I, I couldn't understand why my mom is, Lord, I love you, mom. Such a strong woman, owned her own business, did everything. She raised four kids by herself, three boys and one girl. Mm-hmm. And um, while I know she did the best that she could, we never did without I couldn't understand why a, such a strong woman could let a man, and I don't think she, you know, at the time, you you know, you you always see something good in the man. Well, love will make you do some things that you and accept some things that you didn't that you wouldn't accept. Anyway. That's exactly so, right. That's exactly. But right. is it really love? Well, sometimes we think it is. Mm-hmm. We think it is. It's mm-hmm. it can be false pretense on some love. Well, you see, because you know, you're not understanding a, what love really is. As, as, as a ten-year-old boy, you don't understand that. Mm-hmm. So when I wake up in the middle of the night and I run out in the hallway and see somebody doing something to my mother, you know. Uh, I won't get into specifics of what happened, but um, I will say that it's something that affects me now. It affected me for I made the mistake of hitting my ex-wife, mm-hmm. and I still regret it. And, and I can never apologize enough. I did it. I've apologized, but when you when that's all you know when when all you know how to do is work your anger out through frustration and what you see. Then, then, then there's a result of that, and then holding it in and not being able to say anything, not being able to say anything, is 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 even more damaging to the spirit because you got to hold it in for the rest of your life, right. you know. And, and don't say this to me, and don't say that to me, and this remind me of home. So shut up, you know. So it was difficult for me. Um, I had to learn through, you know, I'm in my forties now, so I had to to learn to 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 realize that the only person to blame is the person that's doing the abuse mm-hmm. and and they need to go get the help and it may they may not be you know you know consciously they may be a right. good person in in their mind they may be a good person but they're working out frustration cuz I know I hit out of frustration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know like i said um it it affects me daily because I love my mom so much and she's so strong and so bold and so she taught me how to deal with everything in life. So to 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 watch that I can't you know, as a kid you kinda of blame your mom. You kinda of like, Why are you still with this dude? This no good ass, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what you want to say. So and so and so. I'm you sorry. Can say ass. You know, <laughs> that's what you wanna say. Yeah. But you know, but you're not old enough to say that. Mind your business, stay in your room, stay, you know what I'm stay saying? Stay in your place. Stay in your place. Because the household we grew up in, what goes on in the house, stay stays in the, the house. house. That's and exactly that, that right. That a lot of us because we right. should have been able to use our voice That's right. and speak out for help. But we were told what happens in the house, you don't tell people our business. And people don't realize holding it in life. sometimes creates more damage than it does help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I tell. Get closer. And, and they also carry that burden because if I tell and then we're separated from the family, 
They don't. They don't have the acknowledgement enough of knowing that it's the abuser's per fault that the family got torn apart. It's going to be shifted and go to the person that spoke up. And that's why so many um, men and women grow up carrying this deep-seated anxiety and resentment and self-hate because they didn't tell and they push and they push and they don't know where to take it. Mm-hmm. And um, one of two things happens either, and there is no in-between. There, there is not a, oh, I've witnessed abuse, but listener abuse was not effective. It, that just doesn't happen, especially for men. One of two things. You either have abused him just one time of losing temper, and I just applaud you for sharing that. And the remorse yeah. in you is so sincere. I wish y'all could just meet this gentleman right now. And Or the other portion of it where they cower, they are so afraid and timid to even raise their voice at anyone that they lose themselves right. because mm-hmm. they don't want to be seen as an abuser yeah. or the person that they saw hitting their mother. And people think, well, a man can just walk away and get out of the situation. It's not just pride, mm-hmm. you know, but a large part of it is that man will take it because he doesn't see that person that's hitting him. He sees that person he couldn't protect that was being hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. I know that, um, like he said earlier, Marlon said earlier, it affects you in your life when you become older because when you start dating other people and you see little signs, be like, oh, I got to leave. You know, you find yourself on this run in these relationships and someone raises their voice the wrong way, it brings back that flashback and you say, I got to leave. And that could have been, that may not even been their intent. But because you experience that, you're always pushing people to the back. And one thing that, that bothers me the most is sometimes when you meet some women, they say, well, a man know not to put his hands on me. I'm pretty sure they do not put their hands on us, right. but they did. It's not like I woke up one morning and say, I'm going to find some <laughs> man. Right. Right. You just don't leave, guys. It, it's 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 more to it than just leave, especially when you have children. Let me tell you this tomorrow, not to interrupt, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you this is how this is how it affects children. When I was a kid, when we played mommy and daddy and my cousin would be over, she'd be like, uh we played she I'd be the dad, she'd be the mom, and my little sister'd be the daughter mm-hmm. and she was like she told my sister baby get on out the room right now me and your daddy getting ready to fight tonight nope. it was that common wow you you understand I what i'm saying normal mm-hmm. the house now i'm night. not saying it was that normal in my house i'm saying it was that normal in the southern black community because yeah. i'm from yeah. Louisiana. well you know i'm gonna you know back i'm a lot older than you guys you know i'm in my 60s okay and uh there were it was so common that women stayed in their place mm-hmm. They didn't step outside of a regular routine of lifestyle. And when you did, men would, I mean, they just go crazy. I mean, there was so much abuse going on in the household that uh, uh, it was common. Mm-hmm. It was common. So when we grew up, we thought it was common. You know, man, you better get her A in the place. Right. You better get her right. You know what I mean? Get her right. So women didn't have a lot of rights, you know, and as it, we have evolved, and we've we've evolved. <laughs> and we're, not, we're not over. We're not. It's not in the 1960s no more. Right. We're not living like that. Everybody have a sense of independence, and all you got to do is pick up the phone and dial that number. You know, uh, uh, which I think is a good thing because even though a lot of it is still going on, you know, I, I just think that sometime when 
a, a man can have such low self-esteem, mm-hmm. low self-esteem and, and depressed with depression and oppression, low self-esteem mm-hmm. that he's willing to act out on anybody right. really that's in, in front of him. So he chooses the weaker vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, good and well, he can whip your butt. You know what I mean? So he gonna put his hands on you. He ain't gonna put his hands on me. You know, he ain't gonna go around getting mad on, on other men. Right. But he gonna put his hands on the weaker vessel. vessel you know, and so uh uh which is which is real sad because it's like spineless. Right. Being very sad. But he don't know that he's really spineless. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that he's not, look at it. and he's not really a man. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he's still he's still acting like a little boy. And he's not really a man, so you know. And that's because socially, that's though, yeah, uh-huh. I say there is an opportunity, but socially, for so many years, men were taught that to express any love, any positive, any type of emotion like that, was the weakness. So when you're consistently, whether you're black, white, just about every culture I know, the men for so long were taught the expressions of love was a weakness, except in courting a woman. So you go over the top, you treat your mother like a queen, your sister's got to be protected, and you court these women, especially being Italian. I mean, that's a big thing that, oh, you know, every one of my cousins will lay their life for me. Mm-hmm. But the behind closed doors, I only have one out of seven that doesn't hit his wife. Mm-hmm. And and I, I heard once someone say, well, you know, this isn't a white woman problem. You don't see white women getting beat. But no, that's not true. The difference is we wore makeup and we cover it and hold on to it longer because it's a social thing. It's a socially status thing where white women don't speak out and it isn't known. Black women culturally speak out. They share it with each other, but nothing happens because, just to be honest, they're given less value. You're given less value in your own community, then you're going to have less value given in your relationship, which is why culturally – we have to come together and speak up mm-hmm. to our young people that they have value, men and women. And this cannot be something where you just accept, especially because you are black, that this is how it should be. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of things like that. We accept a lot of things just because we are black. Right. You, know, so, mm-hmm. you know, a whole true. lot of stuff. No. That's a conditioning process with us as well. Yeah. So and I mean, and you know we talk about things that go or that stem from slavery, you know, and things of that nature on how we were told not to be do this and not to do that. Our lives were not our lives. So it's traditional submission is still part. You know, what I'm saying it's still embedded in us. So we still have these parts of us that are just still under that conditioning that mm-hmm. we don't do this and we and, and if you pay attention to things you will still see yourself still not in some certain circles still not addressing white people in a certain manner still not looking them in their face still not doing the, still making your going out of your way to move out of their way mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying oh the white women are bad about that and i'm sorry y'all but they are coming down the grocery store aisle and they expect you to move over and i find that it also makes the older generation less likely to trust those of us that are fighting the freedom fight. So to speak. Right. Like, like what is my, what is your purpose? What, you know, why are you here? You know, it's, it's, I promise I ha- I wish no harm, you know, uh, it, it's just, and it's not something 
I would never say that I understand what you go through. I would never dare to say I have been where you are. Mm-hmm. Sympathy and empathy are two different things. Right. Mm. Right. But we are in a time, especially with domestic violence and rape culture, where we can no longer offer sympathy. And we can't always give empathy if we haven't experienced it. Right. Mm -hmm. No understanding. Five, one out of every five women have been sexually assaulted. How many women are in this room? Now raise our hand. How many have been sexually assaulted? All but two out of one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, Half. I'm a man and I have to. And, and that's what I was going to say, one of every seven men. Yeah. My babysitter got to me. Triple that for domestic yeah. violence. Mm-hmm. Triple mm-hmm. that for domestic violence. Mm-hmm. As just in the time it took me to speak, every six minutes, a woman is hit. So what are we doing today? I mean, what are we doing about it? That's one reason why the fashion we show is here. We have to continue to reach out. And, and it can't just be a talk of resources. It nope. has to be in the trenches. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm honestly, you know, as wonderful this is, I'm getting ready to leave because it's my, I, I've gotten two safe house calls. I do crystal and got to go and take care of this because right now we've got a 13-year-old that DHS is going to send right back in that home. And if I'm not over there to help her when she makes that advocate phone call, she doesn't have an I am that last line tonight. And that doesn't mean, hey, she has all the answers. It means she's ran out of all other options. Right. <clears throat> so it's got to be. And making it fun events like this. Yeah. Nobody wants, everybody knows it's out there. Nobody wants it shoved down their face because then they turn the ear off. So when you make it something fun, like wear your costume, dress up. Come get see the glamour and beauty of a fashion show. Come watch Nisi make these women hold their head up high and, and walk in their heels and show their pride. And slowly give in this message along the way. And see the survivors, you too. You are beautiful. That's it. Yes. That's right. And see the, the see the survivors, and not only just survivors, see the support. Because sometimes we just don't know that it's so bad. This is a big, big thing. That's right. We need more, more programs like what Bobby's doing with the, the teens. Yeah. We need more of that going in the school what and is, understanding and breaking think, that I, date rape culture I, 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 in school. I'm a firm believer of media and having a voice, mm-hmm. radio, TV. We need more platforms that can talk about stuff like this on a regular basis right. mm-hmm. to where people can actually hear this what's going on. A lot of people don't have Right, and they don't know nothing about nothing. Right, you know, and uh, they don't know where to go, who to talk to, or what to do. I set this platform up for us, mm-hmm. you know, so we can have a voice. We appreciate it, and then uh, we can, uh, uh, you know, reach out to people. And uh, you know, I'm gonna be going FM radio pretty real soon, eighty nine point nine. I'm already up there. I just ain't playing it right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're gonna launch it when we get back from Atlanta. We'll launch it on a regular basis. I'll be a supporter. Yeah, and so yeah, you can yeah. get it in your cars here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, um, you know, I think uh, we're talk radio, okay. you know, so mm-hmm. we talk about the issues at hand, domestic violence, like what we're talking about now, unemployment, jobs, you know, incarceration. We talk about it all right here. Right. You know, so and uh, we're not controlled by anyone. So therefore, you can come in here and talk about the issues, like your your fashion your fashion show you got coming up with the entertainers and stuff like that. And what day is that going to take place? It's going to be October the twenty sixth, so this coming Saturday. This coming Saturday mm-hmm. on, on the twenty sixth of October at five p.m. to eight p.m. 
Um, tickets are ten dollars in advance on the on the website and fifteen at the door. Mm-hmm. You want to tell me what the website is? So the website is um, unmaskedfashionshow.site, and if you're interested in being a vendor, you can click on the vendor link, and it is fifty dollars to be a vendor, or you can buy your tickets. Um, if you are wanting to reach out to us, if you want to donate, you can donate to our cause, because one of the biggest ways that um, we are going to give back to the community is through WOW, Women Helping Other Women. We've partnered with several other organizations that go out and they do the footwork of the organization, right. helping women to go back to school, helping women to advance in their career so they can get away, helping them to start their own business, even if it's as simple as starting a side hustle. Because at the end of the day, when you think of domestic violence, a lot of women say because they can't support themselves right. exactly. financially. Mm -hmm. They have no way of stepping out of the relationship. They don't even know how to make enough money to get a bus ticket out of town. But if they knew basic skills, such as getting a resume, if they knew, oh, I can apply for a job and be working tomorrow, that's what we want to get them to. We want to get them to a state where they can be stable, financially stable on their own, self-sustained. So um, that's the whole purpose of everything that we do with WOW is to help women to become self-sustained so that they don't have to depend on anyone but themselves or other women that have been through and can actually relate to what they're going through. So there's no judgment. There's no looking at them like, oh, you should have walked away a long time ago because the truth of the matter is I could have walked away and I had a whole organization But who wants to tell the bitter truth of this is where I am? Who wants to peel off all those layers and actually expose themselves? No, no one really wants to expose themselves. But when they do, it's very scary. It's very scary. But when you peel off all those layers and you get to the soul of who you are, who you really are, it's a beautiful thing. So that's the whole reason for the unmasking, peeling off those layers that's just been building up, that's just been holding you back, the depression, the feelings of hate, the feelings of no self-worth, the feelings of not having anyone there, because we've all been there. We've all, all felt alone in this world. So being able to know you're not alone and other people are going through the exact same thing that you are. And it may not look exactly the same, but it is the situation. And we want to bring light to that. We want women to feel empowered. We want them to get out of their situation. And even if they're not ready to walk out the door, at least know that there's when they are ready. Most of the time we don't just just fear. Fear. It's just just the number one thing is fear. We don't know the unknown. What's going to happen when we get out there? So we we just stay. That's what we're comfortable with. Comfortable. And even though it's not a good situation, we just stay, mm-hmm. you know, because we're afraid. Like if I get out here, especially when you have children too, right. it's not yeah. so easy to leave when you have two children that depend on you mm-hmm. to walk away with. You know, I walked away with a two-year-old and a four-year-old and I didn't even have no place to live. Mm-hmm. I drove, came all the way back here to Oklahoma, didn't have a place to live. Had a U-Haul full of furniture and no place to live, no job, and really just about $500 in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out what you Trying to figure stay. out what my next step was. Mm-hmm. And, and then it wasn't so much, I didn't survive for me, basically. I really survived for my kids. I had to get them out of that situation because the kids will let you know of all things that, that it's not comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. And so I left on the count of my kids. I survived basically for my kids. I tried to end my life twice. 
just to find a way out because mm. it was too hard. It was easy for me to end my life than it was for me to walk out that door. Right. It's mm. what I thought. So I tried, I attempted that twice. But needless to say, I am here today. I'm proud to be here. And here with all these lovely people. I just want Mylon to sing. Can you sing a little bit? Yeah, go and blow something, man. So they can see what what, what you're in store for. What you got in store? (laughs) 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 Jesus me near the cross, there's a precious fountain free to all. A healing spring flows from Calvary's mountain. All right. And Missy, what are you going to be doing over there, Miss Lady? Tell us about the different (laughs) fashion designers. They have designers, amazing fashion designers. Okay, she's a designer, huh? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what's going on with you and your designs and stuff. Um, I'm Missy J with Safari Fashions by Missy J. Um, basically, you have to come out to the to show see and see it to huh? see. Like it's gonna be something new, something spicy, um, something with a flair. Um, I do want to give my designers a, a shout out. That's going to be in the show. We have some of the top of the top designers yes. out of Tulsa. We have Madam L um, by Latasha Colbert. We have And Ed by Danae Latrice. Mm-hmm. We have Under the know, Willow Tree Designs by Ellie Hudson. We have Liz Styles Haunt Couture by Liz Garfield. And then we have our very own Missy uh-huh. Safari Fashion. Uh-huh. Um, I also want to give a shout out to our head makeup artist, yes. Charmaine Gibson. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can check her out at I'm Unique Lashes and Makeup Artistry under Lash Out Lashes. Um, y'all got to come. She's going to beat these models' she, face. She, she Not to mention, Tulsa Paul Mitchell will also be in the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. How long have you been doing this? How I long have you been doing it? I've been doing fashion. Fashion has been like my life since I was a kid. Okay. Like I started out making jewelry and then I changed my field and said, oh, I want to be a nurse. Changed my field and then end up back with my passion, which is fashion. So I actually graduated with um, a degree in fashion design two years ago, and I've just been hitting it hard ever since. Okay, doing it, huh? Yes, sir. Well, much success and continued success, okay? Thank you. Wow. wow. This event's going to be something else. I, oh, yeah. I hate I won't be here to see it. Next time, you know, Bobby. Next time, catching out. You guys, make sure you ought to video it. Yes. You know, have a camera up somewhere in this video, this whole event and everything that's going on at the 36th Event Center. 
It's going to be this Saturday, right? Yes, yes. this Saturday. Mm. Y'all got any Get food? Any no, no food. No food. Okay. No food. Okay. Right. food for the soul. Food yeah, right. for the soul. Right. Food for the soul. <laughs> wow, wow. Ten dollars in advance and fifteen at the door, right? Yes. Where can they get those these tickets at again? They can go to unmaskedfashionshow.site and click on tickets. They can also get them on Facebook. If they search for Unmasked Fashion Show, they will be led directly to the link to be able to make that ten dollar payment. Now, after Thursday or Friday, Friday is the last day that they will be in ten dollars. The day of. If you go to that link, it is going to be $15. It will be cut off at midnight. So at midnight, when Saturday hits, October 26th. $15 tickets all day long, right? All day. Yes. All day. day. So cash, we will accept cash on that day. We prefer for you to do it on card because we want to be able to track the sales and make sure that it gets to the right person because we are making donations. Um, The money is going right back out the door to other people. So we would prefer for it to be online, but if you really have to bring cash, that's fine too. And we're going to have vendors as well. So um, I would tell you those, but you have to come out to to see see the vendors. Great, great vendors. Vendors for $50. Right. Yes. yes. If you're still interested, if you're still interested in becoming a vendor for the show, yes. <laughs> you can go to the same website, unmaskfashionshow.site, yes. and go click on the vendor link there and sign up there. Fifty dollars. Yes. Mm, that's good. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good. Saturday, y'all. Well, look here. We're gonna take a little break. I gotta pay the bills. You know, they say, hey, Bobby, got time to pay the bills, and we're gonna be right back. So uh, stick around. You on the Bobby Eaton show where we tell our stories our way, and that's what we want to do. Why is this thing not going? (laughs) I hit on it. It ain't even, you know. Come on now. Well, y'all, hey, he's he's got a mind of his own. You know, I'm supposed to be paying these bills. But let's see what's happening. It's it's interested in this show is what it is. Yeah, maybe so. Here we go. Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community. The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the Grassroots Economic Development Fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to The Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Hi, I'm Denise Parker with Midtown Embroidery. We do it all from any type of promotional, from screen printing, embroidery, school uniforms, Greek lettering, workwear, monogramming. There's no job too big or too small and no location too far. Let us be your one-stop shop. We're located at 2808 East 15th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74104. Our phone number is 918-982-3254. Our email address is denise.tulsamidtown at gmail.com. Thank you. Dawn Tree here, CEO of Underground Tree Studios, your one-stop shop for graphics, web design, and art. You can find us online at www.utreep.com. That's the letter U T R E E P.com. As well as finding us on Facebook, Underground Tree Studios, Instagram as Underground Tree, and you can also find artist Dawn Tree online as Artista. 
Dorn Tree. And you can also kick it old school and give us a call at 202-910-4409. Don't hesitate to call us. All it takes is a 10-minute consultation and we can have you hooked up. Peace. If your credit starts with a three, four, five, or six, this is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment and you're paying high interest rates, along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. With 13 amazing services, we restore and repair generations to come. Once again, call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. If you know better, you do better. Only the Credit Shiro can help you to save the day. platform to promote today's leaders while firing tomorrow. And we super serve our local community while helping you serve the world. We are Eaton Media Services, a full-service media company providing promotion, videography, recording services, and more. Connect with us today to find out how we can help you entertain, empower, and inform at EatonMediaServices.com. The Juice Radio Show with Jay Boogie, Thickums, Willie Will, Double M, Janet Indy, and Ramal, the hometown heat. That's right. It's the Juice Radio Show every Thursday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. All you need to do is dial that number 646-716-5525. And don't forget to press that one button. Juice Radio Show, y'all. Hey, we going to Atlanta, 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 leaving here on Wednesday. And we're going to be piling up and getting in that 15-passenger van and heading on down the road. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave Tulsa around noontime. We're going to head to Memphis. We're going to stop through Memphis. We're going to go to the Lorraine Hotel with Martin Luther King and all that, you know, and go down Beale Street and stuff. And then we're going to have some breakfast and stuff in the morning. And then we're going to leave out. And we're going to head to Atlanta. And once we get to Atlanta, we're going to check into this big old fancy Airbnb. And then we're going to get in there. And then we're going to go to CNN News. You know, we're going to take a tour. They're waiting on us. Take a tour. And then we're going to go to uh, uh, MLK Center. And Oh, no, TV One. We're going to leave there and go to TV One. Uh, Tyler Perry's... Um, uh, studios are involved as long as um, Ricky Smiley show and Tom Jordan and all that TV one stuff. They're waiting on us young people. Yeah, I'm saying us young people <laughs> to, to, to arrive and be a part of, a, a, you know, some interesting stuff. You know, so it's, it's going to be a trip of a lifetime for these young people because it's so often and the way I feel about it is we don't have a lot of black journalists and black media people and people who even pursue those careers, you know, so when mainstream media will tell the stories their way, right. you know, they're going to tell it their way. Right. But over here at Eat Media Services, we tell our stories our way because we're not controlled by anybody. This is blackity, blackity, black. 
You know what I mean? That's just what it is, and that's what we do over here. And we've been doing it for a little while now. Uh, Ramal, the hometown heat. Ramal Brown's up in the house. You know, Trey, my son, and stuff like that. Miss Nisi was here at one time. And uh, so we just try to bring about uh, some unification within the community, you know, to bring about the brand, you know. So when I came back to Tulsa four years ago, because I, I moved back to, to take care of my mother, lost my mother last year. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, since you're here, Bobby, what you going to do? And I said, man, Tulsa got some terrible communication mm-hmm. in our in our community over here. I said, it is so terrible, man. It's bad. You know, hey, man, did you know I went to the so-and-so last night? What? What's so-and-so? I didn't even know about it. Don't even know about it. Right. Because I, I understood that a lot of black people don't advertise. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so often that we are open up a brand new build, business, mm-hmm. and what we'll do is we'll, we'll get the business, and then we'll put it up full of merchandise, and we'll stick a sign outside, and then we'll kick back mm-hmm. and just expect people to come in in 2019 <laughs> and support your business. Right. Now, back in the day, you could do that right. because it was word of mouth. But today, it's a whole new animal out there. You got to advertise, and there's too many ways to advertise. You got social media. You can you can do flyers if you can do radio, or you know you can do whatever you can do to get your name out there. Because it's all about branding. You know, it's all about branding your business, sales, and marketing more so than it is your product nowadays. So we need to get in a frame of mind to advertise what we do. You know, and how we're going about doing it and do it in a timely manner. Right. You know, don't just wait three days before your event and then start advertising, you know, and expect the house to be packed. That's right. You know what I mean? Because a lot of us will do that in a minute. You know, you got to get I work on a 30, 60, 90 day plan when it comes to events and things that I do. You know, the first 30 days, we're going to do this. The next 60 days, we're going to do that. 90 days out two weeks prior to the event, but we should be right here. That's right. You know, so, and then if you stick to your plans and your goals, then you can achieve, you can kind of get a sense of what's going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, however, whatever works for you, right. you know, is, uh, that's going to get the job done, you know? So that's what we want to do. But Hey, we got, uh, Tamara and the gang here. And uh, Mara and the gang, hey, you know what I mean? Here in the studio, and they having this event, models, and all of this stuff, and a vocalist. So now, are you going to be the only entertainment to take place? No. Oh, who who else is going to be on the show? We have Sheila King. She's going to sing, and she's actually a survivor of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we have Sheila King. She's actually a survivor of domestic violence. She's gonna sing, mm-hmm. and we also have, of course, one voice. They're gonna do spoken word, and they have a piece that they're gonna do with singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have um, dance junkies with Yanni Knox. She will D- be there. Dance junkies. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's gonna be amazing. Um, and of course, we have some priests. Who? Yeah. Priests. Yes, Priest. Mm-hmm. Him as well. Um, and we have uh, a theatrical opening. part mm-hmm, opening yeah. to this event. It's definitely worth coming to come experience what is going to happen. We've put a lot of thought 
into this. You to guys make been sure. working on this for a while, haven't you? Yes, in our sleep. Tomorrow, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you came to me several three months ago or yes. something and told mm-hmm. me about this. Yes. You was working on it then, huh? We was working yeah. on it then, trying to make sure, you know, because just like you said, the 30, 60, and 90-day rule, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to plan, and you got to plan, and you got to execute it well, because if you don't, then it's not going to go the, the mm-hmm. route that you need it to go. Yeah, and it's good to have a task force, too, if you mm-hmm. can. If you oh, can. Yes. Task force full of people, assign, everybody got their assignments they need to do, yes. and hold them accountable for those assignments, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so, like we got Miss Nisi over here. She keeps those models in check. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we appreciate the models because when when the call went out, we, Crystal actually just put a post out there and said, "Hey, we were looking for uh, models." And then I put a post out there saying we were looking for designers. And I didn't even know that Tulsa had so many uh, what they call underground um, designers that are awesome. I mean, they mm-hmm. have so much talent. I've been to some of their shows, and I'm amazed. I'm like, you know, that that's really nice that they do need to get exposed. And so this is also a way to get this local talent here in Tulsa to be exposed as well. You know, mm-hmm. you got to support mm-hmm. to get supported, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And, and that's one of my things. I have people coming all the time and saying they want to do events, but nobody sees your face. It's like you're this fish just jumping into this tank of sharks. And expect to, to swim with the sharks when you haven't been there in a long time. Your faith, whether you're having a show or not, you got to come out and support one another. That yeah, is so do. important. Support yeah. one another. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes we have a hard time doing that, you know, mm-hmm. and what we need to do. I know tomorrow you've seen a lot of events, some successful and some fail. Yes. Right? Yes, my own. I mean, I got my my knees been scraped up. I had a cry <laughs> my makeup. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. right. <laughs> You know, because one thing for sure, you know, you want everybody to come to what you're doing. And when you don't have the the expectation of the crowd that that you expect to come, it's hurting because you know the work that you put into it. Mm -hmm. But but that means that don't mean stop and give up. That means, okay, what did I do wrong? What do I need to change? You know, examine the situation and how can I make this more effective? You know, and then one of the things that I'm going to say for myself that I really really is going to say is support, support, support. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't support, who's going to come support you? And that's what I think in our community as, as a black women, sometimes we don't want to support each other. And it's so important, you know. Well, I know you be supporting because I be seeing you everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see you everywhere. I know my family like do do do. They think everybody in Oklahoma knows me. I'm like, I don't know I everybody. Mm-hmm. But but when you out there, you know, like I do a lot of the the five k runs and stuff like that because mm-hmm. um, I'm a survivor of breast cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't. I would see the commercials about breast cancer and stuff like that, and look, turn and not really pay attention to it. Because I wasn't directly affected by it. But once it became my story, I know now, whether it's my story or not, go out and support. Because it could be your kid. It could be your mother. It could be someone, your friend, that you are connected to that you need to support. So I'm just trying to be everywhere to 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 encourage, support, you know, because it's important. People put a lot of hard work into some things that they do. Sometimes, you know, you don't go to sleep until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning or you wake up at night because you got this thought to say, oh, this will make this better. And then thank God for people like Krista because I'll bug her in the middle of the night. Girl, you sleep? (laughs) (laughs) And usually I respond (laughs) because I'm up all the time. We actually went to college together. Oh, what school? University of Phoenix. Oh, University of Phoenix. I graduated with my bachelor's degree in business management. 
Me um, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the importance of going back to school um, for me is, is very important. Um, just thinking about domestic violence in a whole, you know, I was, my my grandmother was, a, I, I lived with my grandmother and she was a victim of domestic violence. My grandfather beat her a lot. And we had a escape plan. And not many family members, I mean, unless you know or been through domestic violence, you don't know what it's like to have an escape plan to get out. Or why you should have one. Or why you should have one. And when my grandmother was getting beat really bad, she had a safe word. And if she said that safe word, we ran. Everybody knew, huh? We knew to run. It was me and my other um, siblings and cousins. She was raising like six of us. And we would jump out my window and we would run up to the neighbor's house and she would call the police because at that point she realized it was out of control Mm -hmm. and she couldn't get control back. And to know that that was our plan and we did it so often the neighbor knew us by name, mm-hmm. knew the situation, knew what was happening. Knew right. what was happening. As soon as we knocked on her door, she was calling the police. We had a plan, and it shouldn't be like that. And I, I vowed to myself I'd never go through it for myself and my mom. She didn't never go through. Well, she got beat once before, but she was the man beater. She was the. <laughs> she, yeah, she was. She, she was. She, she was. She, she did not. Mess, huh? She didn't take no mess. And so, and I was like that for a very long time. I did not take mess off of men. So for me to get in that situation, it was like, wait a minute. I I have helped women get out of situations like that. I have gotten them the safe zones. I have provided the outlet for them. I have fought men for them. And for me to be in it, I was like, what happened here? How, how did the roles change? And I think for me, when you start to judge people, when you start to think, um, why are you in this? Why? Did, how did you get yourself? I would never be. It's it's like karma. It could be like a karma situation. Like, oh, you wouldn't, huh? But let me twist it just a little bit more. Let me let, let me let you fall in love completely. Let me let you be completely sold out. Let him not show any signs mm-hmm. of domestic violence. Well, not signs that were readily available until after you got hit the first time then it becomes mm-hmm. very clear um that their motives right. but just those little bitty things that you don't pay attention mm-hmm. to your heart is invested you're invested mm-hmm. you're committed and then all of a sudden your world just blows mm-hmm. up in front of you um i will say that for my grandmother and for the ex that i was with Alcohol pay, played a major it role. Does, alcohol and, alcohol drugs, and drugs. Yeah, they pay. They play a major role mm-hmm. in domestic violence. Yeah. And domestic violence, you know, and we're talking about males jumping on females. Yeah, but it can also happen in reverse. Oh yeah, exactly. it did. You know, I've seen now, it. Just, <laughs> women slapping men around exactly. and, and beating them and throwing Line things at them as huh. Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. Yeah, right. he, got his, he got his share of uh, oh, yeah. domestic violence. James know. Brown got the grits drunk right. going on. Al Green. Al Green. Okay. Al Green got them grits. You know what I mean? Oh, Great. Oh, oh my goodness. Right. Cook, huh? You know, Bobby, I have a sister that's disabled. 
Uh-huh. Um, she was born um, disabled. Okay. And she married a guy, and he um, took her away. That's one thing that abusers do. They take you away, you away from you. We didn't from hear the from, family. Her, from the family. Uh-huh. He isolated yeah. her. Now, she's in a wheelchair. She can't walk. Um, and he would take her out of her wheelchair and sit her in places where she had to depend on him to get her. But we didn't hear from her in 10 years. Wow. Um, and he would beat her. He would break her. Now, she can't already walk and use her hands. He would break her hands and legs and um, stuff like that. They actually had a child. Uh, we found them in Minnesota. And at three, at the age of three, the child was taken from them because of the condition that he had my sister in. And I ended up adopting that child going to Minnesota and getting that child mm-hmm. just to get out of that situation. But I am glad to say that uh, my sister is safe. You know, she's here and going on with her life and having grandchildren now. But it's just so heart-wrenching that someone, huh? I mean, someone that can't even defend themselves, oh that, you, that you physically put your hand wow. on them. That, Did he ever get prosecuted? Anything happen to him? No, nope, never got prosecuted. That was one of the reasons why she did lose her um, rights was because mm-hmm. they told her. Now, think about this. We can walk and we can get away. She's in a wheelchair and she had to depend on a, a, a wheelchair to get her where she needs to go. Now, if he's taking her out of her wheelchair where she can't use, Nothing how do they expect her to leave? She can't do anything. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the courts punished my sister for that because she couldn't leave. I'm like, I'm a woman. I got my legs. I can physically open Man. the door. Mm-hmm. But this woman is in a wheelchair. She can't just leave. Mm-hmm. And she can't hop on the next bo- I mean, she got this element that she has to, you know, take with her. And so they punished her and said if, if she didn't divorce him and leave him, they were going to take the child from her. And that's exactly what they did. But that was my family. Mm-hmm. And so I went and got the baby and adopted the baby. She's, what, 25 now, got a family of her own. But I'm just saying that domestic violence has, it's not prejudice. Mm-hmm. It's not. It doesn't matter if you're able to walk blind. I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And for people, and it's just so hard to hear and understand that people have you that know, mentality you know, hit. Because I heard of when I lived in Houston, I heard of a um, a guy from my church who was blind, mm. and his wife would actually hit him and beat him. You know, Sad. she would hit him, and he blind, he couldn't go nowhere, he can't see. Sad. So she she would hit him and curse him out and push him around, push him push him down, and all kinds of stuff. That's sad. You know, and. Uh, that abuse would take place like that. Yeah, well, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they say what goes around comes around. Yes, you know is. what I'm saying? You may think that you're getting away. I just said this to somebody mm-hmm. today. Why does it always seem like the villains are the ones that come out on top? Mm-hmm. They like, win. They like win. Uh, it's like, why do they always feel like they're the winners? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But later on down the road, mm-hmm. you oh, find yeah. out. They, you may not actually physically see it. Yourself, but they meet what they put out there. Oh, Whatever yeah. they put out there does grow and eventually becomes, you know, after them. Some people, you know, mentally can't get over what they done to people mm-hmm. and stuff. But but it can, or, or you have children, and then some man physically abused your child, whether exactly. it's a male or a female. I mean, you're right. reaping what you sow, what right. you put out in the atmosphere. You're reaping. And to add to that, I think of my grandfather. And what he did to my grandmother, she never left. She stayed with him because she was a Christian woman. But the last years of my grandfather's life, it not only affected him, but it affected our whole family. And he was, um, both of his legs, the same legs that he used to stomp her out with, he lost the first one, the dominant one that he stomped her with, and then he lost the other one. And the very hands that he used to hit her when he was in the nursing home, he would have to take one hand to help him feed himself Mm. with the other hand and I thought about it wow 
what a way the very mouth that he put on her he could not use at the last few days of his life he he had no more voice to say or do or say do anything so it isn't the way and I can't say that for everybody I can't say that everybody that goes through something, that's the reason why they go through. But I really looked at the fact that he went through all that and he suffered in his last days on earth. And, you know, everybody was like, well, how did he live? Mm. But he lived 70 years and at the 70 year mark. But then you have other people that are great, wonderful people that die Mm -hmm. early. So you can't really relate that. But you just hope that, you know, if you don't reap on earth, you don't reap. Off of Earth, right? One way or the other. Right. That's my philosophy. But um, to another extent, just with the isolation thing that you were talking about, I moved to Dallas. So the majority of the things that happened to me was not with when I was around all of my family. I was away from everyone. So to even have to come back, I was doing good on one end. I was making money. I was living really a really good life but I was being abused. Mm. Nobody could really see it, but my children. And even they didn't see it at first. They didn't realize what I was going through until it became very evident. Um, And it got to the point where his strength was, he was so overpowering. I think the moment I should have left and never returned, you would think someone in their right mind would never return is when I was on the bed and I told him I'm fed up. I can't do this anymore. He was like, so you want me to leave? And I was like, with fear, I said, yes, I want you to leave. And he started to pack his stuff and something in his brain switched off. And he was like, oh, you want me to leave? So he became angry. And I tried to reach for the phone. And as I went to grab the phone, he took the phone and he threw it. And he threw it through the wall. Mm -hmm. I saw the phone physically go through the wall and that's when it became very apparent that I'm dealing with a demon at this point right and it was stronger than me and so I tried to run when I tried to run he literally picked me up slammed me with one hand on the bag and I'm a big big girl so him to be able to do that was not good it was anger it was strong and then after he picked me up and threw me on the bed he picked me up again and choked me and so I saw stars and then it went black. And at that point I was like, I thought heaven would be a light. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. not a light. <laughs> like, it was not. So no, there was no light. It was pitch black and I knew I was dead. But when I came back to conscious, I was on the bed. He was still packing his stuff because he thought I was dead too. So he was really hearing. So when I woke up, he was like, So I'm I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm I'm gone. So I had a choice of getting my keys or the phone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I go for the keys, I still have to get the garage door open and I'm not going to make it. So mm-hmm. I ran for the keys. I got the keys. I mean, I ran for the phone, mm-hmm. my cell phone. I got my cell phone and ran out the door and his friends were standing out there. I was in such fear. I decided I'm not even going to stop mm-hmm. because if I stop, they're going to give me back to him. Mm-hmm. And he actually ran. He ran off. He uh, he tried to hit me with my own car as he left. Mm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was really bad. But now that yeah. I look back, if I would have saw the signs, the subtle signs. But how w- did you know the signs if you've never been there before? Well, I'm yeah. going to tell you some of the signs because mm-hmm. they're so obvious that mm-hmm. you should catch them immediately. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah. 
Okay. Well, I understand. You've been through sound like a whole oh, lot yeah. right there, mm-hmm. you know, in a situation like that. Yes. You know, and um, Nisi, you said you had something to say? Oh, I was just going to add about the, the modeling real quick. As a, the modeling part? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. just the modeling as, as part. As we come to a close, go ahead and talk about it. If you are, after this show, if you are still interested in modeling in any kind of way, <laughs> I uh, I have a few connections. Um, you can uh, reach me at Beatrice Graham on Facebook. I am also at Miss Nisi G on, um, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I do have a website for my event planning business. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Um, All right. Which is uh, Nisi, uh, my email address is Nisi at sheplans.net. Okay. And you can reach me there. So I have all the connections for that as well. Well, hey, you know what? As we come to a close, I want to thank you all for coming to the Bobby Eden Show and sharing your stories about the event and what's going on with domestic violence. Thank you, Tamara, and all your guests right here. Come back. We're going to do it again. You know, because we can do it again whenever we get a chance to do it again. All right. You know we appreciate I mean? you, you for having thank us. You for having thank us. You. Thank right, you. Right, thank right. you. Okay, thank you. Hey, we are taking donations here at Eden Media Services for the Juice Radio Show. We got the Juice Radio Show bucket right there. So if you if you're interested in tapping that bucket with a a couple of books or something like that to help us. Uh, as we go on this trip, go ahead and reach deep down and uh, come on in and help us with the Juice Radio Show. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show. These shows are recorded. They're all recorded, so uh, you know you can go back in the archives and listen to it. Just Google the Bobby Eaton Show. Well, until next time, we want you to have a good one. Strength and blessings and stay black. That's what we want you to do. Stay blackity black. So until next time, have a good one. Okay?